Star Wars movie news and rumors keep swirling and getting crazier as the days are ripped off the calendar as we march toward Star Wars celebration. And we're here to tackle all of it, break it down, and give our thoughts. So welcome, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm John. We have James Bainey and Lacey Gillerin, as always. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk all about the latest reports out of uh, Jeff Snyder, who uh, was the first one to break the Damon Lindelof news way back when, uh, a year ago, almost to the day. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden it looks like Lindelof has taken his lunchbox and is going elsewhere. So we're going <laughs> to dig into that and more. But um, how you guys doing? You know, it's we have a lot to get into and I, I just I'm not sure how. You know, it's going to go, especially based off last week, we put out the episode and then uh, all that. Got we got a lot of out. tweets that said yeah. this didn't age well. Welcome yeah. to right. Star Wars news. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's the first time in a while where I felt like we put out a news episode and then almost immediately that news was kind of like, well, <laughs> that's not exactly <laughs> accurate anymore. Like it was like the very next day that that happened. Right, right. Um, we're actually lucky that it didn't happen like over the weekend before the episode came out i know that would have been even weekend <sighs> yeah would have been even but crazier. uh but no i i'm i've just been so completely astonished at all the news that's been continual continually dropping and i'm excited to talk about it today but i'm also just like i um, feel like i have to write it down to like organize it like what is going on right now yeah yeah and yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. I'll save my thoughts for that. But uh, I do have something that is a lock and confirmed for Star Wars Celebration, <laughs> and that's us. Uh, no rumors. This is official. Uh, source us. Um, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple, thank you. Make sure you do subscribe to us on your preferred platforms, of course. Um, but Star Wars Celebration, yes, Sunday, April 9th at 11 a.m. We're doing our live podcast from the Holonet News Stage, Room 17. So again, that's 11 a.m., obviously London time on Sunday, April 9th, Easter Sunday. Uh, so if you are going to be at Celebration, please uh, lock us in your calendar for 11 a.m. Uh, no major panels that we're going up against, really, in my opinion. So hopefully you can uh, hop on over. And if you have any questions about where to find it and stuff like that, we're going to be there uh, the week leading up to it. So come find us, and we'll make sure everyone knows exactly how to locate us because that's one thing we don't do is shy away from making sure people know when our podcast is how to get to it and because we want everyone to have a good time so and they uh, announced today that sunday is officially sold out so it's going to be an ooh, awesome day Very nice excited. uh you're welcome star wars <laughs> celebration uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> hopefully people know that um all right uh Another thing, Gentle Giant, you know, we still have a discount code with those folks over there for 20% off all in-stock items, and they keep adding new items. So just use Resist20 at checkout if you like to save money and do that. And then, of course, we have the Mando Fan Show returning Wednesday night, 8.30 East. We're going to talk about Chapter 21 of The Mandalorian with a very special guest. We have the co-creator and co-executive producer of The Boys, Derek Robertson, joining us on the show to talk about Mandalorian. And of course, I'm sure James and I are going to pick his brain a little bit about the boys. Um, I've heard so he such good things. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. 
I'm going to be honest. So he, so the boys obviously started as a comic. Mm -hmm. So he's the co-creator of that. And he does the illustrations. And he's also, of course, as co-creator of the comic, he's a co-executive producer of the TV show. You got to make sure that a lot of memes, you know what I'm saying? A lot of memes Mm -hmm. come from that, Mm -hmm. that, uh, yeah, series. And it's a really good show. And I'm really eager to talk to him about villains because Mm -hmm. I think they have a villain that star Wars could really use. And, uh, we haven't gotten our villain back in Mando just yet. So Are you talking about Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would love for him to pitch like a perfect star Wars villain. I know. I know. Let's make that happen. Let's manifest that. But Derek, uh, I don't know if you listen to the show, but we're very excited to have you on and hopefully everyone's very excited for Derek to join us uh, next Wednesday in the Mando fan show. So, all right, all that's out of the way. It's time to get into it. The resistance report, James, let's go. It's the resistance. In some ways, I don't even know where to begin <laughs> because so much of this is crazy that I I even took the the time to sort of write it down and try to, to piece this together. So correct me where I'm wrong, but this is where we're at right now. John, you mentioned <laughs> earlier, Jeff Snyder. He's obviously had a lot of recent, many recent star Wars scoops. He is currently saying now that he is expecting three movies announced at celebration. And in his opinion, star Wars has been mismanaged. And what's backing that up is he's hearing that there has to be, a Star Wars movie in theaters by December 2025 or Kathleen Kennedy is out. The phrase phrase was no matter what. Yeah, that's the ultimatum. So three movies being announced at Celebration, probably a little bit of insurance on her part. (laughs) She's like, I'll throw three out there. (laughs) Have something go through. Speaking of those three, I think I could be wrong on this, but uh, my speculation would be a little bit of uh, the Sean Levy movie, which was reported by Deadline, the Taika Waititi, which was officially announced by Lucasfilm, and the other one, which would be the Charmin Ebnoid Chinoy, which was also a Deadline story, but more recently backed up by uh, Jeff Snyder saying the person who is writing that movie is Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson. Um, now, that being said, Damon recently told Slash Film, the, <laughs> this was a quote, he says, the degree of difficulty is extremely, extremely, extremely high. And he also said, if it can't be great, it shouldn't exist. Going on, he even paraphrases that says, maybe I shouldn't be cooking. Maybe I should just be eating. And then literally just days after that statement, Snyder tells us Lindelof and Britt Gibson are out and Justin Knight from Peaky Blinders is now the new uh, individual who's penning the script for the Charmin Ebnoid Chinoy movie, which... Again, sort of rumor, but we obviously know that is happening because so much of this, there's obviously so many moving parts on this story. There's more to talk about going on in Star Wars, but please, let's just start here and try to unpack all of that. Three Star Wars movies at Celebration, a Star Wars movie by December 2025, or Kathleen Kennedy is out. Three possible directors, and one of those has a big switch up in the writer's John, what is your take on where we are at right now, two weeks from celebration? I mean, if all this stuff is true, it's really big. 
It's just so <laughs> it it it's hurts because it's like we root like we're always rooting for Lucasfilm and Star Wars to be successful because we love Star Wars so much. And I it just like when when there's patterns to these things like if this was the fir- like if every Star Wars production was flawless, no firings, no departures, no anything like that, and then I hear this, I'd be like, "This is BS," you know. But this keeps happening. Literally, the only Star Wars movie that we've gotten in the last eleven years that didn't have any kind of problems was the Last Jedi. Right, Ryan, it was your movie that we know right, of. Directed. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think anything like I don't think anyone else was attached to that movie. I think it was always his. Right. You know I'm saying that? nothing right. was reported. Nothing was rumored that we yeah, know yeah, yeah. of. But yes. Yeah. Right now, yeah. it, it appears it's the only yeah. thing. And, and what yeah. backs that up is them also being like Kevin Kennedy saying, we love Ryan. Everything mm-hmm. went oh, perfectly yeah. with him. And yeah. yeah. Which, and so, I mean, and I'm not saying the outcome of those other movies were bad because obviously, you know, Solo is my favorite of this run. TFA, most people love. Um, um, Rogue you know, One, so complete. Rogue mess. One, Rogue One, yeah. So you can go down the list. Um, so, but there's that. So I think there is a lot of truth to this. It would not shock me based on, you know, I try to do that connect the dots thing. And, you know, you went back, James, and a great job going back to uh, Lindelof's quotes from the. Uh, last week was it southwest what is that thing called south by southwest south South by southwest yeah and i'll get to that in a second but another quote is was bob Iger when he took over again was saying like we're gonna lean into our strong ips and stuff like that we're not here to experiment and then you hear this report that disney's telling lucasfilm like you need to stick to star wars oh right yeah i didn't say that that's too and I remember saying this a while back, like I want Lucasfilm to create new things um, because they haven't created, they literally have not created anything new since they bought it. It's been all George Lucas stuff. Willow, George Lucas, Indiana Jones, George Lucas, Star Wars, George Lucas. Um, they were attached to do something else and that went away and got sold to another studio. But I guess my point is they've been having such a hard time getting Star Wars done and planning out new movies that he's right. Like, if you can't get the, your main thing right, then you you shouldn't be dabbling in other stuff. Put all of your focus and attention and creative drive and uh, voices to your main thing that we know works mm-hmm. when it's right. So, I- quickly, quickly to be clear about that, because if somebody might not have heard that report, is that I think that was also Jeff Snyder saying, stop doing your Willow stuff, the Indiana Jones show you were planning with Ravenwood or whatever, like all that done, get focused back on star Wars, which immediately made me feel like, Oh, that's, that's more off the plate of like Willow. Like it's not Willow's fault. It's star Wars's fault that 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 a second season is not getting made because they can't get star Wars up. So they're like, we'll stop leaning on Willow (laughs) fix star Wars. Yeah. And, I want to. I'll save my thoughts about the Stephen Knight coming in as a writer. Uh, I, I think talking about that separately might be a good idea. But um, the the Lindelof thing, man, is wild. And you know, Lacey, I want to get your thoughts on that because to me, you and I were talking about this. It seems mm-hmm. like his quote 
is in other words him saying like i don't trust her as a director of this movie and i don't want to be attached to it if this is the way it's going because mm-hmm. he his line was like if it's not if it's not great then don't do it it sounds like you know if you're attached to something for a freaking year you're vested you want to do this and he got to a point where he's like i can't do this anymore because i feel like i'm not in control of it anymore there and it's there like was- there was well, multiple details that I'm even forgetting I left out. It was I the... was going to get into those. Okay, go ahead, Lacey. Tell, tell that aspect. <laughs> so there are more details that people kind of wouldn't know unless you listen to the, the podcast, which, first of all, I did listen to it. Awesome job, mm-hmm. Jeff and, and John Roca. You guys are doing a really good show over there. I also the listened to your Mar- Yeah, the Marvel details, too, are crazy. Like, it, it's just you can see that as Bob Iger has come into the company, he's really reworking plans. He's mm-hmm. getting rid of people. He's bringing new people in. They're reworking what their plan was two years ago, a year ago, and saying, you know what? We need to get back on track. Um, and one of the things that I found very interesting, and again, this is a rumor because this is coming from a source through Jeff. We don't know if it's true, mm-hmm. but if you're looking at it logically, it does seem to add up, which is he said his source or sources told him that Damon was working on this movie. Kathleen Kennedy hired this director behind his back and said, here's your director. Damon was like, what? And then these two people didn't get along and had creative differences. There's that Mm -hmm. phrase again, creative differences. And that there was friction going on between the director's viewpoint and Damon Lindelof's viewpoint. And Jeff had brought up a good point of, when you look at this and you see who Damon is and who, what projects he's worked on, you know, Lost, Watchmen, what he's capable of. And then you have someone like Chinoy who's done, you know, Miss Marvel. And that's basically it. And some documentaries not to downplay what she's done, but the resume isn't there. It's yeah, very hard. capable, but right. It's hard for someone like a Damon to go. This is the director I want for my project. But it seems like the director was chosen without any input on his part, which mm-hmm. the question stands, is it his place to have that input? I don't know. I don't know how those kind of movie productions work. Maybe we should have someone on the show that maybe could talk through a production like this. That would be super interesting. But that being said, I think just the idea of from my own experience of working on projects and knowing like you're working on a project for a while and then your boss comes in and goes, hey, this person's now running this project. And you're like, wait a second, what? Effective immediately. <laughs> like, what? I've been working on this thing for so long. And they're like, oh, it'll be fine. Just just get along. And then this person comes in with completely different viewpoints than how you've been working the story. You're going to go to a South by Southwest panel and say, you know what? If it's not what I want it to be, then I don't want to be a part of it. That's yeah. basically what he was saying. It, so it's starting to add up <laughs> in that sense. And look. I'm not saying that there's not drama on every movie set, every TV set, every creative project, because when you get creative people together, even the three of us, there are moments that you don't agree on things. And that's just how life is, because everybody brings their own viewpoints and experiences and thoughts and values to the scenario. But I can't help but think that it's a little disappointing as a fan to hear these things because it seems like it keeps happening. And it keeps happening over and over and over again with these projects that you have to have like the understanding of like, okay, but what's the baseline here? Like what's the common denominator in all these situations that a Lord and Miller are still saying things online about it? 
they're yeah. still spicy about it. And yeah. I can't help but think it's Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> like she's done things that have made people upset, whether it's the right decision or not. Um, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed that this works out for the best. But it's really hard <laughs> when you hear things like this. I'm with you. You know, I if 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 the report's true and Bob Iger is saying like you you better get a movie out in December 2025. She's I mean, in he's hot basically water. pulling a solo again. He's saying yeah, you're going to get this out. She's in hot water, no question about it. And you know, her her contract runs out at the end of 2024, doesn't it? When his does. So it's more of like you have to make sure, you know, if we're uh, that that movie may not depend on whether they extend her or not. So my question is though, and this is all due respect to Charmino Bedchenoy because she's an award-winning documentary maker, journalist, uh, she, you know, director, but she's never directed a feature film. How I don't, it's I need someone to explain this to me. How, if you're relaunching and you're under all this pressure to launch the new, the next era in Star Wars feature films, where after not doing still, it for six years, it's still volatile in terms of box office and are people going back to the movies and stuff like Top Gun 2 is an outlier, Avatar is an outlier. How do you pick somebody who's never directed a feature film and say, that's our best choice to relaunch and stabilize our franchise? Especially because Miss Marvel wasn't overwhelmingly accepted. I want someone to tell, honestly tell me that. It has nothing to do with her as a person or her skill set and what she's done in her resume. I don't mean any offense to that yeah. at all. But just logically speaking, you have you have a, a, an unlimited list of people who would probably love to direct a Star Wars movie, even though people think people run away from it. You can't, I, I'll never buy that someone who's never directed a feature film is the best choice to relaunch your one of your biggest IPs. I don't understand it. I'm not saying Unless that's she signed why. on for five to 10 years, like Kathleen had hinted at in her interview last but year. That's was like, even hey, worse. I want... But I'm saying like, hey, maybe it's, I'm just trying to think logically of like, if someone is super, did something that you really like. And you're like, hey, I need you to be in this for this many years. And it's someone like this that hasn't done a feature film. They're going, yeah, I'll be in it. I'll stick around. It just I, seems I, like I, I know what you're doing, Lacey, but John's right on that. That's still just yeah. that the, the, even that logical of like, well, maybe it was this. Let's try to make sense of this. That explanation is almost even worse than I will give you one movie. Sure, it's like sure, I'm locking sure. this not inexperienced. That's not what we're trying to say, but it's just like it's an it is an odd choice in the situation that you're in, like, you know, okay, going back to solo, you, we maybe took a risk on a Lord Miller. They're very creative. We think that we could do something cool. They're up and coming hip hipster, well, you know, whatever, like you wanted to do that and it didn't really work out. So you made the smart choice. Then after, after you got rid of them, you know, maybe that was whatever, but I'm saying you shifted it back and brought in Ron Howard, steer the ship. We need to get back on course. Let's bring in someone that's safe, knows what a they're veteran. doing exactly but james can, even veteran, then exactly can do that those two had hits already 21 no no no, 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 no. That, lego that, movie that's not what i'm saying i'm saying you're in like, their mind he's saying in their now, mind it's a smart move yeah, yeah yeah at this point now you are already your whole star wars movie theatrical experience is in that we just fired <laughs> lord and miller state 
Now, yeah. now, how are we going to pick up the pieces? You pick up the pieces by hiring people like Ron Howard. You don't pick up the pieces by going even wild card further, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I look, I have been a Kathleen Kennedy supporter for a long time because I, she is one of the greatest movie producers of all time, but I've also at the same time said, I don't think she's a good executive. Uh, I'm still rooting for her to be successful because I love star Wars. I want her to have wins. I'm constantly rooting for her to win. But having mm -hmm. said that, mm -hmm. I don't understand the blanket support of everything she's doing from people as though like, like she's not going to attend your birthday party guys. I don't care how many times you tweet <laughs> about it and defend all her choices and stuff. She's not going to send you a signed t-shirt. It's just like, I don't know what people are trying to get out of this, like blind defending of Kathleen Kennedy constantly when there's mm -hmm. clearly been issues. And then the other weapon they use to defend it is, which this isn't anything at you, James, but it's the, well, it was never announced. So, Mm -hmm. You know, just because a website puts it out there and it's like, first of all, like, let's stop attacking um, media journalists who doing are their doing job. they're doing their job to give you information that the biggest media company in the world doesn't want you to have. So you're choosing to side with this massive conglomerate juggernaut company, but not a journalist. Stop attacking journalists, mm -hmm. please. It's also, ridiculous. they have nothing to lose by like, there's no reason they would put their name out there with a lie, I guess is what yeah. I'm saying. Stop. stop sa and anytime you disagree with a report from a journalist, you just call it a website or a blog. It's like, no, you know, say what you want. In about this Jeff case, Snyder. I don't know him personally. <laughs> I never met him. So I'm not going to share an opinion about him. He is a longtime Hollywood inside reporter who gets things right a lot. And He's reporting this, and he was the first person to say Lindelof was attached, and then everyone got on board with the reports about it, too. And he's been right about a lot of things in the past, too. So you have to respect his craft and his skill set and his sources and connections. He said the Stephen Knight thing first, too, I think, and then it got picked up yes. by Variety and all yeah. those other places. So, st yeah. so stop trying to dismiss journalists. Journalists are on your side. Stop mm -hmm. trying to attack journalists and and people who are really trying to get to the truth of things like, yeah they're not trying you, to ruin you don't look, anything you don't look they're cool trying to give you the truth you don't look cool defending disney who's the biggest and i love disney i'm a disney kid i love everything about disney but you don't look cool or edgy defending this giant massive corporation one of the biggest media companies in the on the planet by attacking a journalist it's just uh, it's it, it honestly, honestly disgusts me when when people do or it. A brand, i don't know what you're really. trying to get out of it i don't know what you're trying to get out of it but to me it's ridiculous and i see through it all and it's nonsense that's i don't respect people who do that at all period uh <laughs> and then my last like, spicy whatever it's just my that's how i feel about it i think it's wrong i think it's messed up to start attacking journalists uh in the name of defending disney walt disney studios like they need you to go and to it's never them. even like hey i don't agree with this or hey okay i don't think it's fully true it's always directly attacking that person being like they're a liar they made this up yeah. and yeah. just because something wasn't officially announced doesn't mean these problems don't exist it is right. a problem if a major writer who is attached to a project for a whole year to write this script for the next Aaron Star Wars movies bails out after turning in his draft, sort of like I'm dropping this class anyway, but so here's my term paper. I don't care what you grade it. I'm out. And that is a problem. So if you want to use that crutch of, well, it was never officially announced, do it all you want, 
but it's still a problem that's happening in the production of these movies behind the scenes to the point where we're hearing a report of Bob Iger saying like, you better get this thing on track and get this movie out by 2025 because it's on me now and it's on the calendar. We gave you a pass with the Rogue Squadron thing and we took 2023 off. It was the only upcoming Disney umbrella movie removed from the schedule. And now, now you better hit this next one. We gave you a mulligan. You better hit this one. So it is a problem. Officially announced or not, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And officially announced or not, I'm sorry, Sean Levy confirmed his movie. That hasn't been officially announced. Uh, we already talked about Michael Waldron confirmed he was doing the Feige movie. Uh, J.D. Dillard confirmed he was doing a movie. None of these things were officially announced, but the people themselves confirmed that they were developing this stuff. So let's stop attacking people who are really good at their job and being journalists because you think you have this giant voice on Twitter. No one cares as much as you think they do. Respect journalists, period. Yeah. To clarify myself, too, I've never been against like this. These things are happening. I do think they are happening. Oh, James. Yeah, that was I'm not. Yeah, I'm not uh, speaking to, you know, your point of view on that. It's just I see a lot of that online. People think that they're being so rebellious and righteous to defend this massive company. It's like I love Disney, too, but it's OK to be like, uh, you know, let's not attack an independent contractor journalist who is just trying to make their way and give you the truth uh, for the sake of defending a big company. It's just absurd to me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, Lacey, is there anything else that stands out in this particular thing? Or are we, are we through this? My, I, I, you know, maybe I'll toss it up to you is like, for me personally, a little bit, I think this kind of feels like it puts a little bit of a damper on celebration. Um, it does a little I, bit. Cause I think there was a lot of excitement. That that was building mm-hmm. and it was i don't know it just feels like kind of a rehash of disney investor day in 2020 where we got all these announcements and then nothing came of it like i see people um on online reacting to all this news being like you know what i'll believe it when they when i'm sitting in the movie theater right, right. and it's so disheartening to see fans feel that way for me at least like to see other fans be at the point that they're like, I don't believe anything that's going on or I don't believe they're ever going to make this project. I don't even want to get excited. Like that's sad. That's sad in the state of fandom. If you can't be excited of what's coming. I saw it in uh, when uh, John and uh, Jeff were doing their episode, somebody wrote in and it was a comment and I was like, that's exactly what I felt like. And it was like, I can't wait to hear about the three announced movies that aren't going to get made. (laughs) And that's the, it's sad because people are making jokes. Obviously there are some people that are joking, but then there is a real sadness behind that because people like us want to see this succeed. We want more star Wars. We want more stuff coming out, TV shows, movies, books, whatever. We want to be in this galaxy as much as we can. So anytime something gets canceled or thrown out, it's super disheartening and and just to hear like that they might present three movies and then we don't even have the trust or belief that they're gonna follow through that's sad that's really sad to go into celebration feeling that way and the other piece of this announcement which is going into kind of the next story was that steven knight from peaky blinders is is writing this movie yeah now i've never seen peaky blinders we're taking over i don't know he's I think he's taking the draft that Damon handed in is probably 
tweaking it. That's uh, that's what I'm not really sure. I don't think there was a clarification on that. Is he picking yeah. up where Lindelof left off, or is he it a sent page an one outline? Rewrite? Yeah, so I guess they didn't really have a script. It was more like a here's a draft of an outline of something. So he probably when if if this movie comes out, they'll probably have like a you know story by Damon Lindelof, but they won't have oh, yeah, the script sure. by Damon. But that being said, look, I've never seen Peaky Blinders. It has an eight point eight rating on IMDb, I believe. And people really like this show. It's on Netflix. I've never seen it, but I read the sentence of what it's about. And it's about gangs that put razors in their jackets. And they're like gangsters in the 1900s. I'm sorry. That doesn't feel Star Wars to me. And I'm going to be honest. And I know Jeff and John were talking about how, oh, they could be going for more of a gritty side of Star Wars. Like it worked for Batman. I'm sorry. I don't want that for Star Wars. I don't want gritty, violent Star Wars. I, I, yeah. It doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. I want Star Wars, and this is a personal thing, and I understand if people don't agree with me. Star Wars to me is something that is inspirational, that is hopeful, that I can show my kids. That's what Star Wars is to me. And I understand there are moments of death, and I understand there are moments of sadness and tragic stuff. But when you take it to the level of like a Batman Begins, which is what they were saying with Batman, um, or like what Christian Bale did... That's not a kid Batman. I wouldn't show that Batman to kids. I'd show that Batman to like teenagers because that's cool. But and honestly, she would be a... bored. I think it would be scary. It, it's it's a, they're scary movies for little kids. But, but I'm saying like if, if you sit a seven year old in front of Andor, they're going to be like, I don't want to watch this. And that's fair too. I my concern is, and I'm not saying that Stephen can't do this. I'm only again basing on what I know. This is what I said with Leslie Headland too. Mm-hmm based on what I know of what they've created and what they've consistently created and based on what Jeff and John had also said in the podcast was that he does these dark, gritty things. And so you're bringing in a writer to do the next phase of Star Wars as like a saga film that's going to be on the darker side. Like, didn't we just get that with Andor? <laughs> like, didn't I, I just, I, I want to be inspired. I think the world, we're still in a crazy time. I, th- I think there's a lot of terrible stuff that happens in the world. I want to go to the movies to have a good time. And the best time I've had recently is Top Gun. I will continue to say that. And you know why? Because it was a fun movie that was inspirational. It made you laugh, it made you cry, made you want to high five people as you walked out of the movie theater. And that's what I want from Star Wars. And is that selfish? Sure. But that's what I want. And when I saw this name, I went, this might as well be Quentin Tarantino to me. Which mm-hmm. we all know I wouldn't like. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love Tarantino. Yeah. I don't want him to make a Star Wars movie. Yeah, the, I mean, and the, that was the spiciest take I've ever had. You're welcome. <laughs> I think I just gave my spiciest take too. So. <laughs> We've definitely talked about like the whole like grittiness and what you know Star Wars means. Like, I I do like Andor. I but I don't. I don't know. I don't feel like it's as disconnected as maybe some other people do when it comes sure, to like. Sure. Well, we have a, a, a new hope in Return of the Jedi, and that's completely different than Andor. And I'm like, I don't know. I kind of, I mean, I feel like there's a little bit of a tone difference there, but like it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as crazy to me as you know some some other examples of like what you know other shows are that they could be doing. Like, and you know, maybe even one example there too is I know they they mentioned the Batman thing, and Batman got gritty, but probably the the in my opinion, maybe the more better example would be Superman. Whereas like when people say what they think of Superman is they think of this He's hero that's like yeah. bright and all this other stuff. And you know, he's uh, 
uh, he's a, a hero example. and all this other stuff. But then they do Man of Steel and everybody's like, oh, it's like dark and gritty Superman and it's maybe not as good or whatever. But then you have another subset of people that are like, I loved Man of Steel. And I think that's, you know, I want to see more of that Superman. And that's why I said my, my taste might not be the same as everybody else's. And I get that. So it, I just think like of original trilogy and I'm like, you know, that's it, what I want. It, I want it's tough. It's like it's like maybe maybe these other bigger franchises have the opportunity to sort of like rebrand or recreate certain characters or aspect. But I'm like, but it's also Star Wars, but also it's argumentative because, you know, they put out Obi-Wan and, and uh, you know, I guess the Mandalorian is kind of like that. And there's big success there, but they put out Andor and uh, it got a lot of critical response too. you know, like sure, people were like, sure. I really like this show and we'll see how it fares in awards and all other things too. It's like, so I, I don't know. I mean, but will it make money? What, That's the big question at the end of the day. Yeah. When it, when it comes down to that stuff, I, th I think that it's safer that it, especially at the point they're at now, like first release force awakens, then do a rogue one. Let's get back it's, on. Don't, and, don't make rogue one your big comeback. And there've been people who have been known best known for writing very serious stuff that could turn around and, and give you the star Wars you're looking for it. We're just right, right, right. Yeah. We're, we're just, this is just a, a potential, like if it goes that route, then yeah, that, that's we're basing it on his work <laughs> on, on Peaky blinders. But I mean, you, yeah. you, yeah, with any creator, you probably have some things where it's like, you know, Oh, this guy was in comedy, like, uh, you know, Tom Hanks or something he was doing this and then he's just sort of like flipped the switch and started doing other stuff or like, uh, you know, Lord and Miller was doing, um, cloudy with the chance of meatballs. And they're like, no, we want to be taken more seriously. So they were working and they were developing solo. And then they went on to do Spider-Man and it's like, yeah, that's a very serious, well done movie. It's not cloudy mm -hmm. with the chance of meatballs. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so it's kind of, it, I don't know. It's just interesting when it comes down to that stuff there. I mean, we could go on for hours and hours and hours. It's the only thing, to me, is the celebration this. aspect. Yeah, if we get if so, like we have a little bit of a damper. Find on out it. more. Yeah, we find out more celebration, the title, the premise, and stuff, and maybe um, a logo or something that gives off the vibe of what this movie is going to be. Then we could like revisit the conversation and see like, all right, so maybe this is what they're going for. And if it's three movies they're announcing, are they three just completely separate entities, or are they connected? You know, so. It yeah, as far as tone, but we're still in the conversation of like, it doesn't matter what the tone of Rogue Squadron was. We're we're in I'm, the boat of going like, I just, I see it on the screen. That's an awesome logo. I hope that movie happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I kind of just don't believe it. You're announcing movie after movie after movie, and this is six years and, and back and forth with, with Ryan Johnson's and, and Benioff and Wise's. Yeah, and, I'm just you know talking I mean? about just like, concern over the tone. Yeah. You oh know. sure sure yeah and i got that i'm yeah. just I, my, my aspect was just going to celebration and hearing they're announcing three movies and i'm like we'll see and that's a little bit of a bummer i want to be excited at celebration that we are getting one two three and that's gonna happen and i can't wait for it to happen it's that but doubt i feel like in. no matter how much they announce i'm yeah. gonna go you deliver first start delivering like when marvel start says here's you phase again. seven and you're like all those movies are coming out yes a hundred percent. I mean, or maybe not a hundred percent, like 95%, like yeah, yeah. switch things up or move things around or whatever, but it's, it's very rare. 
Um, and, and I think if you look back at the track record of Marvel, like as uh, look how much content they've produced and you're still in the range that's less than what Lucasfilm has had as far as issues of, you know, directors who were this and this and this, you know, and then they're not, you know, it it is crazy. Um, well, you know, (laughs) Let's let's get back on the positive side of this and uh, talk a little bit about uh, a show that we're confident is happening and should be coming later this year. And that is um, uh, I already forget the name. Skeleton Crew. Skeleton Crew. Skeleton Crew. <laughs> Uh, yep, Skeleton Crew is uh, on the way and we don't know a whole lot about it, but it's being reported now that the Daniels um <laughs> who are known as Dan Quan and Daniel Scheinert um most notably from they are the directors of the current uh Oscar winning best picture uh everything everywhere all at once they have been tapped to direct one of the episodes of Skeleton Crew um so this is exciting feels a little bit about when we joke sometimes about like uh, a, a big person right off the hot of some uh, right off the success of something that they mm-hmm, just recently mm-hmm. did bring them into star Wars. And then, you know, we'll see how it turns out. I feel like, um, John Lacey, if you, if you know, it's uh John Watts, is that correct? Who's show running the skeleton crew? Yeah. Yes. I feel like John Watts, John Watts solid pick this, uh, report uh, bringing in these guys, I think this is a definite going to happen. I'm I feel very confident about this choice in this in Star Wars TV land, um, and I think that uh, Skeleton Crew is going to be the better for it. This is exciting, Lacey. Do you, do you have any thoughts on the Daniels joining Skeleton Crew? Yeah, so this was an interesting story. It came from One Take News and then was backed up by the Hollywood Reporter. Um, it's just interesting to see how the news kind of jumps from one source to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so it was kind of published as like, oh, this is happening, but there was nothing to back it up except, hey, I heard a source. And then Daniel Kwan put on his Instagram story that, yeah, this is happening. It's already happened. So kind of playing off what you said, James is like, oh, they're a pick because they just won an Oscar. They actually shot this, I believe, a year ago before they even did everything everywhere all at once. Daniel Kwan had said like he cleared the air being like, hey. I'm going to say this because this is everywhere and it's wrong everywhere, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's Um, everywhere. All at once. All at once. (laughs) Daniel Kwan said, we shot this last year. It was a dream. It was before we even did the movie. We're so thankful that we got the opportunity. Yeah, we did this, which makes me, you know, we just had a kind of dark (laughs) conversation about things in production, but skeleton crew had a logo it had actors attached at celebration last year it's on the way we've heard people talk about it numerous times it's in production right now we're getting updates like this like this is a project that i'm pumped about i'm excited about and i know we're going to get a ton of stuff about this at Mm -hmm. celebration so this is something that i'm like okay that's on a lock like we're good here yeah we've seen Um, two scenes uh, photos and scenes from the show which means they're live they're filming i feel the same way about acolyte that's happening ahsoka yeah that's happening right you know yeah, yeah yeah um but i mean this is a great choice and it and it's exciting to see for once this is a choice that was made prior to them 
getting the recognition that they deserve. I, I didn't know that until you said that. And that yeah, no worries. Very good news. I love, yeah. I love hearing so that. So it wasn't it wasn't the after it was before, which I don't even mm-hmm. think necessarily it was Lucasfilm that asked them. I think it was John Watts. Before I'm confused on the timeline. They did their episode for Skeleton Crew before they did the movie. It's already like been Daniel filmed. Clemson. Before yeah. what movie? Everything, Everything everywhere, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. There's no way that's true. Because Skeleton Crew filmed from this past September and they'd wrapped in January. Everything Everywhere All at Once wrapped filming in like 2020 or something like that. I mean, I can look up the t- Instagram story they had posted, well, but... Well, what what my understanding of it was they did that movie, then they did Skeleton Crew, and then they won the award for the movie. So it's yes. we're just hearing about it after they, they won the award. So it looks like they won the award and then they got picked up by um by lucasfilm but the 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 truth is that they they lucasfilm saw the talent hired okay them, i have i the have episode, the instagram story and then boom they won award for a previous movie mm-hmm. they'd done yep i right? have the story and this is why i got a little confused but this is why so he said lol at all the people adding us and getting sucked up by the corporate machine can chill mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. these headlines are a little misleading don't worry we aren't working on the whole series we guest directed one episode. John Watts approached us to do an episode a while ago before the movie came out is when they got approached. We yeah, love that John. Makes came out. Interesting. So that's why I got confused. It was before <clears throat> this, the movie came out. They were approached. Yeah, that makes more shot sense. It. That, so then yeah. that's we, wild. So what did they, I mean, I don't know the history of what they've been working on, but what were they working on where John Watts was like, we need those guys. And then after they were approached, they made that movie they made everything yeah, so everywhere all at once after john watts approached them that's it came yeah, out it, it came, out, came after. out after so maybe then john watts had already seen early cuts the movie of it. or been on set or something oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah this movie was filmed a few years ago and so can i finish what he said though yes yeah. Okay, so he said, we love John, we love Star Wars, we love learning new tech, we love meeting the cast and crew, and we needed the days to keep our health care. <laughs> Welcome to America. Uh, so it was an easy yes. We shot it last year and had an incredible time working with the most talented cast and crew, and I'm excited for you guys to see it. Our next film will be an original Daniels project, so you can stop worrying and stop bothering me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, everything Everywhere All at Once was filmed in just 38 days from january to march 2020 so literally right before the pandemic hit they had it in the can and skeleton crew was definitely not so the way it works needed two years to release it because of the theater situation yeah could be yeah Um, maybe post-production just took longer on a indie or the studio felt that they really did have something for a via a24 that was special that could win awards and they wanted it in theaters and yeah all that stuff um but let's not so 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 then the post you're right Lacey. it can be confusing and then how articles were written about it absolutely so it's like the movie was done maybe he caught buzz of it or he he was a fan of other work they've done he locks them in they directed swiss army man legion mm-hmm. aquafina's uh comedy special and turned down for what by dj snake and little john <laughs> <laughs> um 
but so there Swiss it must Army have been it must have been buzz because uh, uh about this movie or something because he he books him up then the movie comes out there must have been early buzz that the movie was good or something i, I or bet Swiss that movie, Army man i mean that that too yeah but i i feel like i feel like based on what i know about the music industry i think that i think that movie was done and i think it was being like shared around and there was buzz within people who had seen it or had seen cuts of it and it was mm -hmm. like dude can i show this to so and so and they're like yeah go ahead you know what i mean like obviously it's we're still under embargo the movie doesn't come out till whenever the studio wants to release it or whatever but i think it got shared about and it was it's such a good movie that there was buzz before it was ever even released and then when it was released the rest of the world got to see it and also gave it that buzz yeah but yeah I, yeah, I think that's probably exactly it. They shot this awesome movie. John Watts heard about it, saw it, said, yo, I want you in Skeleton Crew. They shot it. And then the movie finally comes out or not shot it, but you know what I mean? But like whatever the timeline is. Yeah, that that's nuts. It's a great story. Um, and that's I think cool. we're all on the same page that the Skeleton Crew has the potential to be a really good show. We'll see what happens. Um, and you know, going into celebration, I'm excited to finally get that trailer, finally get more revealed about that show, more about Meet the these actors, kids. all this yeah. stuff. Who yes, are these kids? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's you, all you the think stranger things. You think they're gonna walk those? Reason. You think they're gonna walk those kids out on stage like they did with the little Leia and like they do? I would love that. I would love I, that. I feel like that is just the best life experience and welcome into the star Wars world that they could possibly have. So if they don't do that, I'd be a little bit bummed that it didn't happen. Cause I was, I was very yeah. moved by, um, by little Leia. And, yeah. and when she yeah. walked out there and the whole world got revealed to her, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. through the episode and then live and in, in person. And, uh, yeah, start at celebration. So that's again. all the good vibes are, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, one other thing that we wanted to talk about really quickly, because we are this was has been such a heavy story, is we wanted to talk a little bit about Diego Luna discussing how Andor season two is going to basically be impacted by the fan reaction to season one. Um, as they are writing this show, he said he was he was winning an award and was you know uh, talking about his entire career so far, and he was asked questions about some of the upcoming projects, including Andor. And uh, one of the more interesting things that he mentioned about it was the fact that uh, when you write Rogue One, you, you, you know, you, you make a movie like that and then you put it out and then you see how fans reacted to your story. We're lucky enough. I'm getting the experience to have done season one. We put it out and we saw what people reacted to as far as, oh, that worked. This didn't work. This is how they liked that. They didn't like this. And then how that can dictate what they do in season two. And for my mind, that makes me think um, season two is going to hit even better because they're going to do exactly what, you know, we want as Star Wars fans. We got something good out of Andor, but it could be better. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like uh, like the, uh, the Wonder Woman thing, but it could be better. <laughs> yes yeah oh yeah pedro pascal the pedro yeah. pascal thing yeah um so i'm excited about this john do you have any thoughts on diego luna and his comments about uh indoor yeah um i i take his comments earnestly um i do there's a fine line to walk when it comes to like listening to the fans and stuff i think sometimes you, you don't want to go too far with that but you do want to make sure that you're not completely off the path of your audience especially when we're in a situation where you know, just real talk like Disney Plus 
has been taking loss after loss and getting hammered in revenue and subscribers are down and you know the reports of the mandalorian viewership being down and it's like well it's down because subscribers are down so it's just logic that that's going to happen um and andor was the least i believe unless i'm wrong i i'm pretty sure it was the least viewed star wars live action series and you know we talked about it for good reason you know kids aren't going to watch it uh it's more targeted towards adults it's a more serious tone um it's more just, for diehard star wars fans than general star wars fans or people who were looking for something a little more serious, you know, and it's just, yeah. and, and Tony Gilroy is not going to be the type of person based on everything he's ever said about anything he's ever made, who's going to bend to fan pressure. So I think there's some of this here where he wants to like, let fans know, like we were here, you and stuff, but Tony Gilroy is telling his story, you know, I, you know, I'm sure he had this stuff written out and planned out well before, you know, fan reaction to season one. So I think this is a, you know, I believe uh, Diego and I, I, it's an earnest statement, but I don't think this is a situation where they're like, oh, they like this, but they didn't like that, but they like this. Now they may make some changes in terms of aesthetics and maybe let's put a little more K2 into this and do that. And, uh, you know, Disney saying, Tony, uh, I respect your vision and stuff, but we need more people to watch this. So, you need to have this character in this a bit more, or you need mm. to pull this back a bit, have a few more tie fighters in there or something. There could be a lot of that going on. Um, so I, I think this is an earnest statement, but I think it's more of like Gilroy's got his plan in place and like Disney's just going to push him a bit if they need to, because they're not in trouble, but we'd like to get some good reports about Disney plus doing well so that they make more star Wars shows. So that's all. Mm -hmm. Lacey thoughts. Um, I think my thoughts with this are that it's interesting to hear him talk about how much he likes the process, but at the same time, admitting that he's somewhat comforted that it's ending after this, like there right. isn't kind of this open-ended, like, will we get another season, which he brings up streaming and it's like, actors are always like, will we get the next season? Are we going to keep telling the story or he is happy that there's a definitive ending, which the ending is at the end of season two, it leads up to Rogue One. And he's like, yeah. we can't change that movie. That's the that's the ending and, of the story. And nobody uh, likes a show that just like sets up a second or third season and then and like, doesn't go it anywhere. Doesn't happen. Willow. I mean, like yes. Willow, yeah. It's yeah. a big one for us. Um, so it is somewhat comforting to hear an actor talk about how it's okay for the story to end. And mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you need more seasons to tell a story like they're going to do the best they can with the one season left that they have. Um, and I like that. I, I also, you know, I fall into kind of what John was saying, which is like, you got to be careful with what fans say, because look, I'm a big diehard Star Wars fan. I don't think my ideas are great all the time. I think that some of my ideas would be terrible. So please don't listen to me <laughs> with everything I say. But it's you know you get kind of nervous when you're like oh people liked this and you're like did they though or are you listening to like a certain echo chamber of fans mm -hmm. i just want creators to tell the story they want to tell and just let it happen but at the same time james you brought up a great point that streaming these shows has allowed people to pivot and or get initial reactions and i remember after season one and a little bit of season two of mandalorian john favreau bringing that up in interviews being like it's nice to see the reaction of the work in real time where mm -hmm. you see people mm -hmm. react that next day or the day after of what you did. 
And I think that they appreciate that reaction. But I'm interested to see how they pivot in season two and do more of what people seem to like, which is obviously like the one way out episode is probably everybody's favorite episode. Are they going to have more moments like that? Or are they going to lean more into the character development er uh, episodes, which people might have thought are a little slower? You know what I mean? It's going to be interesting, I guess, is what I'm going to say. And I hope everyone doesn't die at the end of this. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think, John, you're, you're exactly right that Tony has this plan. And when it comes to like the big picture stuff like this is the show that we're going to do, right? That this is how it's going to go. I think what Diego is referring to, in my personal opinion, is he's talking about the little things, the delivery take like, let me, let, you know, let me do it this way, like as it's written. But then let me also try this because remember we did that in season one and, and you know I, I remember like the posts about that and what people were talking about they thought that part was funny they they liked how i i jokingly said that line and we were kind of iffy about it at the time but maybe if this line we sort of do it in that joking way maybe it will hit the same way that they liked it in season one so it gives them a little bit of confidence because they did get sort of a, a feedback on when they tried something in the first episode and, and see whether or not like fans reacted to it or if they just like didn't get it or blew past mm -hmm. it or whatever mm -hmm. i think it's the little things i think it's uh, uh from from his perspective as an actor how am i going to approach this line how am i going to say it and um if you have a little bit of evidence on your side that when you tried that in the first season and it worked you know or or it didn't work you know for whatever reason we're like you know we we, we tried that it, it, it didn't I, like we thought it was going to land yeah. you know so maybe we just do it the, the safer way this time and that gives overall like a, a better um score for the entire season I think that's more like what we're talking about. And that's that. I think that's that uh, John Favreau thing you're talking about in real time. Cause technically, I mean, and I, I'd say, but like technically Mandalorian is still in post-production because they, they can change something right. about the show until it goes live. And oh, we even know Lucasfilm after it goes, <laughs> after it's published, that can still change things. All of the special editions or, or Blu-ray updates or George, George Lucas. Guy. George Lucas with the Empire Strikes Back, the original release. He added right, a scene. Right, right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or adding the words, a, a new hope to the beginning of Star Wars and, and after yeah. like four theatrical releases. So and it's like Lucasfilm's not afraid of doing that, but yeah, and I think we would all probably agree. Like, I don't like talking about what people would think if I've never like met them or whatever, but based on all of his interviews and his conviction, like nobody cares less what fans think about star wars than tony gilroy he's just like <laughs> i'm doing this and you're gonna watch it and that's the end of it <laughs> like so <laughs> it's, it's like tough so, nuggies mm -hmm. i i uh i just want to say watching this thing with diego luna though i, I love this guy he just me too he man me so happy yeah. like just listening to him talk and stuff and i'm like I think there's a reason I'm drawn to Rogue One. I think there's a reason I'm drawn to Cassian Andor. I think there's a reason I'm excited to, to when I heard that they were making the show uh, mm -hmm. and I just loved it. I think part of that too is just like when you see a celebrity or an individual that you're just like, I just feel like you're an awesome person and you're just the coolest person around. You know, I, I want to root for that and I connect with that. So when I see he gets a show, I'm like, I'm watching the show. I'm going to love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not that so many other people aren't great as well, but it's like, I just, I, I really get a good feeling every time I hear him talk and uh, you know, 
deliver uh, his thank you speeches for the awards he's winning and stuff. It's so. like how people like feel about uh, Ki Hui Kwan and like Brendan Fraser. Just like totally, totally. Yes. There's something genuine that's like yes. really there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. that's uh, the guys. There's probably more we could talk about, but let's wrap up the resistance report this week and head into our next <sighs> section. Lisa, I am tired. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. It's time for the Patreon pod race. All right. There are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe, please, on YouTube at youtube.com slash at resistance broadcast, right? That's right. At the resistance broadcast. At the resistance broadcast. My bad. Mm-hmm. Just find okay. us on YouTube. It's it's pretty normal. Just <laughs> Is it us. that? No. I thought it was at resistance broadcast. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, you can follow us on all the social channels at TRB podcast, which is much easier because it's the same on every channel now. We got you. Um, or on uh, audio platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Please leave us a review if you get a chance. It helps us know how we're doing. And it helps us rank higher and meet new people. So that's also or discovered by new people. Meet new people too, I guess. Um, but if you want more than that, you want to support what we're doing here and say, hey, yeah, I want to be part of the resistance, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at just $5 a month, that's it, 5 bucks. You get to be a part of the Patreon community. You get to be part of the show where you ask questions. You get to contribute to topics. You get to talk to us in, in the Patreon community with live uh, watch-alongs and commentaries and poll chats and much, much more. And as you go up in the ranks, you get more access, like our Discord server, and you get to be a part of the show. So this is the part where we thank our generals and spice runners, and they get to be asked a question and then give us an answer, and we respond to it. So I'm going to thank those people first. So thank you to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Paul Sullivan, Aaron Allington, Diana, Ivar, Micah Harrison, and Chris White. Thank you guys so much for being generals. And to our Spice Runners, David Probus, who's coming up soon on a Spice Run chat exclusively on Patreon. Uh, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan Wara, Dave Horneck, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. This week, we have one of our probably oldest patrons, um, who's just a wonderful human being, uh, Danny. So General Danny is up, and her question was, do you think romance is in the cards for Din Djarin and Bo-Katan? I can't wait to hear what she has to say. Danny, take it away. Hi, TRB. Thank you for your question. Um, I would love to see a romance uh, happen between uh, Bo-Katan and Din Djarin. Um, the reality is that I don't see it happening this season. However, I would love to be wrong on this one. Um, the reality is that right now Lucasfilm has a perfect opportunity to actually dive a little bit into the romance genre, even when it comes to like just scenes or just hints, like it doesn't, they could be so subtle, uh, to imply that there's a romance happening. Um, however, I don't know why they just don't dive into this type of relationships, especially when a major topic when it comes to Star Wars is that of found family. So even if it doesn't happen this season, I hope that uh, the Mandalorian dives into romance sometime. 
Awesome job, Danny. I think you and I are uh, agreeing on this. But uh, John, what'd you think? Why don't you go first for the first time in the history of Patreon Padres? Danny, I think you make a lot of good points. I think Star Wars is definitely lacking in the romance department. Um, And I think that this show in particular and every property needs to dive into romance a little bit more. It's, It's just missing. It's like the villain problem. It's just like not there. Which the funniest thing is like in life, when you're thinking about like what everybody does is you fall in love and you deal with difficult people, aka villains. And like seemingly Star Wars, they can't (laughs) figure out how to give these people relationships or complicated relationships outside of like, hey, you have a lightsaber? Cool. I have a lightsaber too. Cool. And like Mm -hmm. that's what the kind of current stuff is. I I just really wish there I just really wish there was more romance. So I agree with you. I think you made some good points. So John, what'd you think? Uh, agreed. Yeah. I think it's definitely something that's been missing from star Wars and um, it should be something that is just naturally written into the story where fans don't have to chase it or manufacture it um, because it's not there. You know, I feel bad for fans who have to do that stuff, you know, fill their void by their own fiction um so yeah i think it's a it's a it's something that is hugely missing i think you're right though that um because we're already halfway through this season and we got the helmet situation going on it's there's not a lot of time left to start throwing that into the mix unless it's in the finale they both take them off or or it's right like just like that, if you're watching on video, you now you have to watch this episode just to see what Lacey just did. But <laughs> I think it maybe it's something they could start slowly dropping breadcrumbs and for maybe a next season thing. I just don't want mm-hmm. them to just dive right into this, especially with such an iconic character like Bo Katan and obviously our main hero here with uh Mando. I just I, I don't want them to just be like Oh, we didn't do romance. Uh, let's just do it. Let's just go ahead. You know, make it make us earn it. So I think you're right, uh, Danny, that they should do hints and start like painting the picture for us because not everything has to be a boom, you know, jump scare or big surprise. Like you can let us know that it's happening. That's that's how like those rom coms work. Like they don't like each other at first, or they bump into each other, and you're like, ooh, they gave each other a look. Like give us some hints. And we'll go for the ride. He doesn't have to. Or be you could just go thing. like they did in villain, uh, villain in Willow, and say, uh, "Let's make out." Right out of the gate, just right, be like, just, These two. "Well, they sort of had, yeah, they just sort of had an established relationship." Yeah, yeah. James is still sore that he couldn't guess that Kira and us. <laughs> on solo we're gonna make out in the first two minutes so, of the you know it's funny it's like, this is a this is a good pod race uh danny and i am agreeing with you a lot in this like i don't see it happening um mm-hmm. this season specifically you know but also i have said i wouldn't be opposed to it happening if it did happening but yeah as i'm watching your pad race and i'm kind of listening to it and i'm listening to these two even kind of talk about it i'm realizing something about myself that i would have thought i would have figured out a long time ago and that's i don't ship i don't even it doesn't even register for me i've mm. never been i know you a, don't I've I gained that pretty I I gathered that early, James, but I appreciate you saying it. It's not even part of the story that I'm looking at. I want it. I want things to happen. I want to know what happens between characters, but I've I'm never a I'm team Ted and Robin. 
I'm I'm anti team Barney and Robin or whatever. I just don't I, I don't care. I like tell me how the story goes. I'm mm -hmm. not looking for hints. I'm not mm -hmm. looking to be correct in my guess ever when it comes to the relationships of characters. And when somebody's saying like, oh, I think these characters were work and and they're like sort of building evidence to how those two characters may get together or whatever. I'm like, are you seeing something that isn't there? Because I'm, I'm not looking for that at all. And maybe it is evidential, but I feel like shipping falls often into fan theory and I'm down to hear fan theories and have my own fan theories, but I'm, I never look at them like they're realistic. Like that's the way that things are going to go. Yeah. So I'm I don't know. I'm kind of when I'm I'm looking at this relationship and kind of discovering something about myself, like I'm like, why are people talking about Din and Bo Katan? If they end up together, that's fine, but I don't see anything right now happening between them other than they're the two main characters and they happen to be male and female. Not that that particularly because matters. People but... want romance. Romance still yeah. remains the number one genre in, in literature. I, I, I don't just, and, and I haven't said that this whole time, but I've, I've mm -hmm. even in the past agreed with you hundred percent, Lacey. I think that romance is missing from star Wars, so it should be there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I so, get what you're saying too, is like, you're like, I don't see these people together. I'm I like, think I'm just I'm I'm, like, what are we doing? Like, right. I well, mean, I think it's because, and this is a prime example with the Bo-Katan You don't thing. feel the chemistry between Paz Vizsla and Din Djarin? The, it's right, there. It's I want it to happen. And it's oh like, what are we doing? Like, you're just well, making up. What I'm saying is like the look that she gave him in like the waters of Mandalore or whatever. To me, mm. that gave off a vibe of, oh, she's starting to feel something about him. You took it as that's not what she's feeling at all. So it's just a personal preference, I think. And yeah, also her nurturing like of Grogu that you brought up in, on the Mando fan show, Lacey. You know, that's. You know. Yes, yeah, I it seemed a little James, bit more though. evident that it was like mother and father in the, in episode four. Uh, but I agree with you, James. There I is, see that there is a piece to shipping and romance in general. Of are you picking up on signs or are you reading into something that's not there because you want exactly. it exactly? And and yeah. I think that what whatever the truth of the line is, I tend to assume that people are reading too much into it because sure. I'm not looking for it and I don't it see it. I want to, yeah. I want it to happen, but when I see when I read a situation between two characters one way, and then somebody says, "Well, it's very clear that they like are meant to be together or whatever," and I'm you're like, like well, "Okay, it's not <laughs> let, let's calm down. Let's let the yeah. storytellers make it very clear yeah. that that's what it is." Don't and attack. I mean, that goes as far as uh, Ray and Kylo like touching hands and stuff. I'm like, I still don't buy into this. Let the story unfold for what it is. Is that a before... thing? Were people into that? John, don't. <laughs> don't I, attack the filmmakers if that thing you want to happen doesn't happen, though. That's I believe it was much. it was uh, uh, Renlo or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> you guys are idiots. All right, Danny, thank you so much for thank you, the Danny. answer. We really appreciate it. you're an awesome person. <laughs> I love seeing your updates from Disneyland and stuff. And you're See always you John. Yeah, and she's always giving updates on like John Williams concerts. She has like the best life. She's, she's like, and she's cool. taught me something about myself through her pod race. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Back to you, John. All right. Well, it is time for our last segment of the our last segment of the day. Ask the resistance. <laughs> 
I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? Me too, Jake. Me too. <laughs> I hope he's doing all right. I, I forget what the latest update on him was, but I know he's been having a rough time. I hope Jake Lloyd's doing all right. Because you see the Ahmed Best stuff, and like it's so good to see him back in the mix and everyone embracing him. And I still feel like we need that Jake Lloyd moment if he wants yeah. it. Yeah. If um, I'm not mistaken, I believe the most current thing was stable, but in private. Yeah. So maybe he just wants to stay private, and that's fine. I just hope the, hope the guy's all right. Um, all right. Ask the resistance time. Uh, we have one question. We're all going to give our take on this one to close out the show. A very interesting one. Um, I think I have a sort of boring answer. So I don't know if I want to start, but it's from uh, at FACPA pod from a certain point askew pod so thank you for this question and they submitted it actually last week but we couldn't get it on the show because we, we were in a time crunch because we had to get to the mando fan show uh but the question is if r5d4 didn't have a bad motivator didn't have a bad motivator or didn't fake it as it was written in the from a certain point of view book in a new hope how does this all play out so in other words they're saying if r5 was the one that was actually sold to Lars and R2 was taken back with the sand crawler and the jaw was, uh, does the story still play out or how does the story play out? So uh, who wants to go first, James? I can, I can get mine in a way and I think maybe ours is the same John, but I feel like it would destiny is destiny. And the story was inevitably going to happen through fate. I think that R5 gets picked up. R2 goes back on the thing R2 figures out a different way to get out. He still makes it to Ben Kenobi's and Ben Kenobi says, if I'm going on this mission, I'm going to Luke, but he has to deal with Owen and them because they weren't in any danger. So they're still alive, but somehow or another Luke, you know, takes down, not takes down, but like disobeys his uncle and goes with Obi-Wan. And I think the adventure still happens. Um, but I think the best thing could come out of that is maybe the, uh, the father and mother figures do not die. Uh, probably the best. Or they don't meet Han Solo. Think. Well, I feel like they still got to get off the planet, but or do you, are you, you saying you're right, Han Solo is part of the destiny? I would. I yeah. I'm. I'm. My main focus was like, do, is Luke Skywalker even part of the story anymore? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I think R2 yeah, still me. makes it to Ben. I think Ben still goes after Luke because he believes Luke to be the chosen yeah. one. He doesn't go on the mission without him. It gets very butterfly effecty in terms of the yeah. chain reaction of things. And I, I have a similar answer to you. But Lacey, what do you think? I agree with James. I don't think I could have <laughs> yeah. said it better, honestly, because it's like he gets off and then. He, the whole beginning of that movie, C-3PO is like, you're so stubborn. Like, what are you doing? You don't know where you're going. Ben Kenobi, who's Ben Kenobi? Where are you going? Like, he's going to go. Yeah, the Jawas were not part of the, the plan, but he's going to fit. I mean, he's uh, telling me that R2 yeah. that has jetpacks uh, and all this other stuff said, isn't going to get know? out of there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. R2 is unstoppable. That's what R2 <laughs> is. So, And I love how, like, my favorite R2, though, is when he's like cruising slowly but he's leaned back and he's just like <laughs> i'm not worried about you man i'm doing my thing <laughs> he's got sunglasses but, on <laughs> he's just like healed at c3po c3po's taking his anxiety meds and stuff he's all like neurotic and r2's like dude whatever man i'm going and his to little beeps old are always like beep boop. <laughs> <laughs> but i think too that's a good point about um 
Owen and Brew maybe not dying if they didn't have to go chasing the droid and and you know all that stuff. So that's well, there wasn't that's if they were never involved either. with that yeah. that droid. Or Brew like the the motivator goes off when the stormtroopers arrive and it distracts the stormtroopers enough for Baru to get like two Gatling guns and just be like not even that though because they killed the Jawas and the Jawas told them where the droid was so the droid wouldn't have been with them that 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 was that was what I was going to go back to I believe the line is like but if you know they were here and they attacked the Jawas that would lead them back home and uh by the way, it's so fun to think he says robots in that line. It's the only yeah. time Star Wars ever said robots, which I think mm-hmm. I feel like they need to drop another one. And what, let fans go crazy. And then other people would be like, you're the one who's acting crazy. It was said in A New Hope, you know? Oh, like when people <laughs> get mad about Luke Skywalker saying Ex- laser sword. Yeah, when, exactly. When yeah. Jake Lloyd says it in uh, The Phantom Menace. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Same thing. Um, like Lacey, great point about Han. And then be wrong. If the timing is different, and Han and Chewie just like wrap up their meal or whatever, and they there. just leave. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's it. that is because it was it. all kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Like perfect timing with them. Serendipitous. Predestined. Yeah, but ultimately, as far as R two goes, he's he's like I agree. He's stubborn. He's, he's getting there. Yeah, yeah. R two is unstoppable. Um, uh, you know what is stoppable? I is mean, honestly, <laughs> if you think Maybe even if you even think further, if he gets the droid, then goes to Alderaan, they're both dead. If he gets to Alderaan, because the goal was to get to Alderaan, and because oh, they, they stopped and talked to Han Solo, like if the Jawas just slowed him down just a hair, that he, yes. everything worked out quicker. Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. It's been a while since we've done a what if. Like the guy, I think we did one one long time ago. That was so many variables. Yeah. What if Luke was with Bail Organa, and what if Leia was with the Lars or something? You know, I think we did something along those lines. Leia would have left a long time before Luke did. Yeah, that's for sure. Um. All right. Anything else on that one? I think I think we did a good job. I hope. I hope you, from a certain point of view, askew uh, like their answer. Let us know what you think. Um, but that does take us to the end of the show. Uh, a little bit longer than our normal uh, news episodes, but uh, it was a heavy dose of Resistance Report, and we hope you uh, enjoyed the conversation. Let us know what you think about that as well. Uh, but ultimately, like Lacey said, um, thank you to everybody who's been subscribing and rating us. We're only like two or three ratings on Spotify away from the big 450 mark. So that's really cool. Thank you. Um, and if you didn't yet, uh, go back and check out our latest episode of the Mando Fan Show because uh, Mac Lacey from Children of the Watch joined us and he was awesome and he brought a lot to the table. So we want to thank him again for joining us and hopefully you guys all enjoyed that episode. And then we're looking ahead now to Wednesday night. Um, the Mando Fan Show returns for the fifth episode of The Mandalorian. We're already going to be over halfway done and uh, we're going to be joined by, again, Derek Robertson, uh, co-creator of The Boys and co-executive producer of The Boys uh, TV series. So don't miss that one. 830 East live here on the channel and, of course, podcast the next day. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and my movie pod, just like the movies. Uh, we're doing Airheads next because of Brendan Fraser. Um, all right. Uh, Lacey. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin and on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin while it still exists in the U.S. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. It's fair. fair. Um, and for me, Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. And for one final episode of the Bad Batch Reaction Show, if if we haven't heard any sort of announcement for season three, we'll see what happens. But there you go. Oh yeah. yeah, and doing you can find me doing live reactions to the Mandalorian episodes every morning on Patreon only. Yep. Every morning. Every every Mando morning. In in theory, you could pay two dollars, join, watch all of her reactions. Well, five dollars. Oh yeah, five dollars. Yeah, my bad. We we it's five dollars. You can spend five <laughs> bucks, get in, watch all the reactions, and then bail out if you want. But you're not going to because you're going to realize that it's well worth five bucks a month. Also, you'd hurt my feelings. So submit to will the force and you know all the other stuff that you get to do. All the goods. Um, but we also want you to have a great week. We hope we kicked off your week with uh, some good Star Wars talk, and we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.